BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, we are live here with an NFL Draft Recap edition of State of the Nation. I'm Jimmy Durkin. We've got Vic Tafer and Tashawn Reed on board. Ted Nguyen, you know... You just never know with that guy. Wait, he, <laughs> what a true for Ted. I, I mean, he, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's he, Ted. He, he, just, he, he might join us. He might not. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, but we're all here ready to recap the Raiders in the NFL draft. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll I mean, we'll, we'll start with the first pick, Tyree Wilson, which did win me my choice of I get to choose everybody's uh, steak when we uh, go out for a steak dinner. I, uh, I was, was able to nail the pick. Um, you were able to nail the pick? I guess. Tell, me, tell me your thought process of nailing the pick. My thought process was he's a guy that we have not discussed at all about the, as far as the Raiders drafting him. Uh, yeah, you actually you did bring it up earlier in that pod. I, I was hoping you hadn't uh, because you brought it up earlier in the pod. Like, hey, we haven't really talked about him because that was that was my perfect rationale. Is that This is a guy that we haven't talked about at all. Um and then you you did bring him up, but that that was my rationale. I mean, and and, and you know, also I just in talking with Deshaun and kind of some of the stuff that he had gathered, the, the, we we had I think we had some some insights that the Raiders were pretty high on him, um, and uh, so I think that 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 was an, another factor there. I mean, Deshaun didn't think he'd be around, but I kind of I, I kind of put the two and two together. I'm like, all right, well, the Raiders are high on him, and, and maybe don't think he's going to be around. He's got the foot injury, maybe he slips, and, and that's when they grab him. I guess we got to give Jimmy partial credit. For like Neil in the pick, you know, he had a little insider trading going on there. You know, hopefully, no no bets were made, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Raiders were super high on Tyree Wilson. He was their you know highest rated edge player um, in the draft, um, even over Will Anderson, who went number three to the Texans. Uh, it's, he has a ton of upside, even with that injury history. Just his size, his length, his power, his ability to play multiple spots on the defensive line. Um, you know, his instant impact this year may not be the biggest. I mean, obviously the Raiders have this guy called Max Crosby, um, and, and Chandler Jones is, is still a highly paid player, even though he's coming off a rough season. And so he's probably going to be the third edge rusher in the rotation. Um, but that's still a guy that can, can play pretty often. I mean, Chandler Jones, you know, he's getting older. Um, there were times where he was coming off the field for Clee Farrell pretty often last year. And <laughs> so I would imagine Tyree Wilson's going to get some snaps there, rotating in for him. And then also, like I said, he can rotate inside as well. And so even if he's not a, a starter per se, this year, I think he can still, you know, be a factor on defense and, and help improve their defensive front. Yeah, I think the two most important positions, obviously, are quarterback and pass rusher. So when you pick seven, they have a chance to grab a potential game changer. I think it makes sense to do it. I think there's obviously some health concerns with his uh, foot, but uh, Dave Zuger's pretty comfortable with it, and I think uh, that's at this point that's good. That's good enough. So I think we'll see how it goes. But 
you couldn't have two better guys learn from than Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. So I do like that pick a lot in that sense. So I think um, I think it's a good pick, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But definitely uh, a lot of potential. I mean, he's a little raw, but he can be a big-time player if things work out yeah, well. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's really raw. I mean, just, just, what's yeah. up, guys? <laughs> Where'd you come from, man? He just um, appears, guys. He just appears. No, I just don't get the Slack notifications, so I just check Slack, and then I'm like, oh, that, that, that's what I That's what I told these guys before we came on. I was like, he's not replying up there, but when I tweet this out and I tag him in the tweet, he's probably going to see that, and then he'll jump on. So is that exactly what happened? That's exa- Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You, you, know, you know me very well, Jimmy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as Tyree Wilson, just watching him, like, he, there's times where he doesn't even get off the ball. You know, like, he, he needs to work on his get-off, but it's not like he, he doesn't have explosion. He just – it has a late reaction. His, you know, he needs help with his footwork. Uh, he needs help with his double team, it, 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 being able to handle double teams and getting low. Sometimes he's firing off too high. Uh, but, he, you know, when he when he gets going, you can see his explosion. You can see his speed, especially when he's chasing down plays. And he, he's just a really powerful guy. He knows how to use his, his arm length. And uh, one thing you love about him um, is that he just, like, when he matches up on a tight end, he just destroys tight ends, uh, too. So. He can't kick inside. I, I don't think he's a full-time 4-I or 5-tech um, like some people think he is, uh, which is like a defensive end in a 3-4. I, I think he is better on the edge. He just needs to work on his technique and work on some pass rush moves. And I think it's a good situation with the Raiders where you know he doesn't have to be rushed into being a starter, and he could play behind Chandler Jones. And like you guys said, that's uh, a great guy to learn from. And, um, you know – yeah, and I think he'll still be part of the rotation. He'll get in some pass rush situations, and he'll you know he kick inside, and all three of those guys can rush at the same time. Uh, but I think that the ideal situation is for him not to play right away, and then I think you know the potential there is, is really high. He, like I said, I, I really believe he could be the best pass rusher in this draft as far as his ceiling and upside. Yeah, I mean, and you can't complain about positional value there. I mean, if you get if you get a guy that helps your defensive front, I mean, having a powerful defense front. I mean, we know the Raiders needed help on every level of their defense, um, and it's just it just it's kind of a philosophy thing. Do you prefer building from the front back or from the back front? Um, and I think most of the league prefers to build from the you know from the front to the back. And so adding a pass rusher, um, you know, even if he's not a guy that's going to contend for defensive rookie of the year, but if by year two, year three, he's, you know, a, a potential pro bowl or impact type pass rusher. And if he's a guy that, you know, with, with can take some of the attention off Crosby or, or can take advantage of you know, Crosby being double teamed and him being single teamed, um, you know, you would hope that, uh, that, that he's a guy that, that can be a good player. And I mean, the Raiders, you know, if you, if you want to talk about, okay, like you add a guy at number seven, that might not be an immediate starter. I don't think that's a huge concern on this team just because that defense is so void of talent that they just need, like, just throw good players at them. Yeah. I mean, as bad as the defense was last year, I mean, they went into the off season needing help at all three levels. Um, you know, you can't be, be too picky. I don't think like, I, I think cornerback, um, you know, getting somebody like Christian Gonzalez would have been, you know, you know, getting somebody that, that for sure would have been a full a full time starter as a rookie. Um, it's probably more impactful. And I mean, injury history uh, with Wilson is you know you have to be a little bit concerned about it. Anytime you're talking about a, a foot injury with a guy that size, um, it could cause you know issues down the line. But um, I, he's a good player at the end of the day. And as we said about fifty thousand times last year, we could count. 
on like two fingers how many good players the Raiders had on defense last season. And so he, he's an upgrade, you know, regardless of, you know, whether he's a starter this year or not. Yeah, I think it's um, a lot of teams say it's their philosophy of building through the front first. But, um, you know, I, I think the Raiders and based on how Dave Ziegler has drafted, you know, five defensive linemen um, in, in the first two drafts, I think that's really what they're trying to do. Um, and, and the Niners take that philosophy too. You know, they, I don't base, I don't think they've spent like a high draft pick on uh, a, a corner or, or a safety in a while. And I think they, you know, that's kind of the philosophy that the, the Raiders want to build is through their front four. Um, and, and do you guys think that the Raiders cornerback group is better now with the free agents that they've added than they were last year? I know people say corners is huge need, but you know, if you believe in some of the free agents, maybe they'll be at least okay. You know, maybe it's not as dire as some people make it look like. Yeah. Who, the cornerback? You, you, you hype it up, Brandon Faison? Right because you got Nate Hobbs. Uh, I mean, Duke Shelley's, uh, Duke Shelley's uh, supposedly, you know, I, I supposedly think they're, you they're already, excited about Duke Shelley, right? <laughs> yeah, what, can you tell, what, what can you tell me about Duke Shelley? What, what do you love about Duke Shelley? I don't know. I know PFF likes him, right? I I know, we, can, big, we can move on there. He had a big hit that went viral. That was the nice hit. But I think um, he, start, he started five games last season. Five they're going to add somebody else. I think they'll add someone in free agency. There's still, there's still some guys up on market in free agency. I think they'll add someone there. So I think um, if they do that, then they probably are better than last year. But I think ideally, it was a great cornerback draft. So you probably wanted to add one. And they did. A little later, I mean, the guy's 5'10", Jacarian Bennett, and maybe he's got the speed to be an impact guy at some point, but not probably right away, so more of a project-type guy. So you didn't really take advantage of the draft's depth. That's just the way it falls. You have other things you hit on, so I think they will add a free agent, and then um, at that point, I'll say they're better than they were last year. The Christian Gonzalez uh, fall was kind of interesting. I mean, we, I don't think anybody expected him to drop that far. I, w- I wonder if there is something that, you know, the, that's been unreported that caused him to drop that far. I don't think anybody saw that coming. At this point, you know, they, they do have one open roster spot. They signed uh, seven undrafted free agents. So I believe they're 89 out of 90 roster spots fill right now. Um, it it's, seems purposeful that they would keep one open. Um, you know, there, there are some veteran cornerbacks on the market, namely Rockison, who you know, they traded last year um, in return for Unique Ngakwe. So obviously they, they Thought highly of him at the time, and I thought he played at a solid level last season when he was healthy. You know, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and and I don't know exactly you know how much money he's asking for. Maybe that's the sticking point, but you know, like coming out of the draft, how they did, like you know, maybe Bennett, you know, is a guy that could you know push for some snaps as the season goes on. But I think you want to enter the season with you know a little bit of a firmer answer in terms of who your top outside cornerback is, and I think Yasin would, would provide that. Um, you know, if they're able to bring him back, it just it just seems to make the most sense in terms of the, looking at the available option. Yeah, I mean, you would have kind of a you know s- similar starting group as last season, but the depth would be much better if you have your sin. And I'm not saying it's a good group by any stretch. I'm just saying maybe it's passable. You know, maybe it's not god awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going for uh, for high standards here. Um, let's talk about the second round pick. Um, a guy who 
basically every projection was, you know, first rounder, you know, between him and Dalton Kincaid would be the, uh, the first tight end off the board, but Notre Dame's uh, Michael Mayer, get him in the second round. Dave Ziegler said that they were, you know, making calls uh, late Thursday night to see if they could get back into the, uh, the, the bottom of the first round to draft him. Um, They're able to get him in the second round by moving up a few spots. Um, You know, he's not the, the dynamic athlete or anything that, uh, that Darren Waller was, but, I mean, in terms of an all-around tight end, uh, the, the Raiders should have their uh, their starting tight end for the next several years. Yeah, I think he was thought to be a first-round guy. I think there kind of was some slippage there. And if you look at it, it maybe because he's not that athlete, maybe because numbers weren't that great at the combine. The teams thought it is a deep, you know, tight end class. Maybe this guy's not a guy who stands out because of that lack of athletic ability. But he's a good, you know, good receiver. He's a physical guy. He likes to block a little. Not a great blocker, but he's uh, enthusiastic about it. I think he's. Uh, Catch balls in traffic. He can be a move the chains kind of guy. So definitely a guy who will be a building block in, in the Daniels offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not too surprised that Mayer dropped out the first round because you know it's a pass first league now, and teams obviously want that high upside tight end that can challenge for a thousand yards every season. I don't see Mayer as that type, and he's he's not a dominating blocker. I think he's he could be a good blocker too. Um, and when you just watch him, he just does not create a lot of separation. But obviously, you know, we, we've seen tight ends that have succeeded in the league as receiving tight ends that don't create uh, a ton of separation just because you know, they catch the ball so well. They have great catch radius and they just know how to find those open spaces. So I think, you know, if you, you know, if you're, you are hopeful that Mayer can be a legitimate receiving threat, you know, you're betting on him becoming one of those types of tight ends. Um, one thing I did find interesting was that he, you know, with the, with, uh, microchip data, he did test out pretty favorably in linear speed. He ranked 38 out of 270 tight ends and, uh, linear, linear speed based on microchip data. So maybe there's some hope there that he could be a seam stretcher if he gets going, but you know, he's not going to be running dynamic routes like, uh, Travis Kelsey or anything, but he does fit what Josh McDaniels wants better with a true why, which Darren Waller really wasn't. Wait, he ranked 38th out of 270 tight ends? Yeah. That's not good. Is that good? <laughs> 38, out of, 38 out of 270? Oh, I mean, I mean, among, among college tight ends? You're talking yeah, about among college tight ends? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, he's, he's the second one dra- Whoa, second tight end drafted. I mean, if he kind of would want probably like top 10. I don't know. I'm no linear speed expert. I, I would want you know, a guy with a little better linear speed if I'm picking a guy in the second round. But, I mean, I think that's not really what he's about. He's a guy who makes tough catches and can block it pretty well. So that's what they need. And I think, like we said, I think it's a good fit for me. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm saying that it, it gives a little different picture than the, the 40 time he ran, you know. And maybe some people uh, like microchip data better. It kind okay. of reflects right, better. A little bit too far speed. in the weeds. Come on, don't, don't uh, knock Ted, uh, Ted, did, Ted did his hashtag research. Come on, don't knock his research. <laughs> yeah, but Mayor's, Mayor's known more so for his contested catch ability, uh, being a threat in the red zone, creating on underneath and over the middle routes, which, you know, I mean, the quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not exactly flinging deep balls left and right here. And so he, he excels in the area where areas of the field where Garoppolo is going to be throwing to most often. Um, he's more of a traditional tight end. He's not the best blocker in the world, but he's a solid blocker. He can line up in line. He can split out wide. Um, you know, and, and so he kind of, you know, both his description and his tape, it's almost like a, a souped up Foster Moreau, ironically. Um, but I think where he, you know, the upside with him is his consistency. You know, down to down, he's pretty much the same guy. 
Um, he may not have those flash plays or go off for 150 receiving yards, but I think he's a guy that I could see getting, you know, seven to 800 receiving yards year in and year out. And um, that's, a, that's a pretty useful player, especially when you have, you know, a supporting cast of, of receivers like, you know, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro that, you know, can take some of that attention away from him. You know, I think at Notre Dame, I mean, I can't name any other Notre Dame pass catchers, and so I'm sure he was the focus, um, you know, of opposing defenses. And now he's, he's not really going to see that same level of attention or even the, the kind of attention that Darren Waller saw. Um, and so I think he'll get a lot more one-on-one matchups just out of necessity because, I mean, you can't double everybody. Um, and then, so maybe that will help him create some more separation and maybe not to have, have to make jump balls all the time to, to get most of his catches. All right, on to the third round. We'll uh, see what the Raiders did. They went Alabama defensive lineman Bryce Young, uh, not to be confused with the Tennessee defensive lineman Bryce Young, um, and then Trey Tucker, the, uh, the, uh, the the slot receiver return guy. Um, that was that was you know of the first uh, probably of their draft class. That was maybe the biggest uh, eyebrow raiser. We were, I don't think we expected them to take a, a slot receiver return guy um, in the third round with uh, with all the receivers they have on the roster, but. Uh, but uh, I said Bryce Young, I meant Byron Young. Um, you know, they, they need help up front, and uh, that's a guy that can give them some help. I like the yeah. Byron Young pick. Uh, you know, he's a versatile interior defensive lineman. Um, he was mostly a run defender at Alabama, but his, his last year um, he showed a lot more pass rush production, and so maybe they're betting on him being able to be more of a two-way player. Um, right now I think Dave Ziggler said he believes he's more so going to be an early down guy. Um, until you show some more growth as a pass rusher, but that still has, you know, some use in this defense. Um, I, I, didn't, I just didn't really understand the Trey Tucker pick, honestly. Like, you know, I, I thought coming in that they needed a deep threat at receiver. Um, you know, I, all my big boards, I pretty much worked in a re- receivers that had speed, but I thought they could have waited until day three, you know, maybe the fifth round or sixth round to get a guy like that. Um, and, and so taking one top 100 who is a slot-only guy, um, you know, as long as Hunter Info is on the roster, he's just going to be a backup and return man. I, I feel like they could have added more value by, you know, adding a cornerback higher, um, linebacker, pretty much any other position besides receiver. It just felt like a reach. If you draft a slot guy in the third round, you're definitely projecting him to be a starter at some point. So I think there's always been kind of rumors and writing on the wall as far as Hunter Renfro's future. I think this is not put well for I think that I wouldn't be surprised. That, like we said before, if he gets traded at some point, I just think, that pick that high, you're right, it is kind of a reach. But if it's a guy you love, and we asked um, Dave about it today, it's kind of hard to gauge what other teams think about the guys you love. And this guy, I think, is an impact kick returner, can play gunner, and I think he's going to be a good slot receiver. So I think it's a guy that, if you, as a starter, not right away, maybe in year two, at which point maybe Hunter's not here anymore. So I think it's another sign that um, Hunter Renfro won't be around uh, for a long time here. I mean, the, the mayor the, and Tucker pick just – you know, more evidence that they're really leaning into um, this the the old school Patriots offense. You know, multiple slot receivers, and you know when you're running a bunch of compressed formation, basically everybody's a slot receiver. So you know, I, I think there is a world where you know you can play a bunch of these guys at the same time. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, he does add that speed element that the the, uh, the, the Raiders don't have right now. But um, it just yeah, I, I think it just adds to you know, the, the, that we know that Josh McDaniel is really going to lean into, like, those Patriots offenses we saw a few years ago. Yeah, I think with Hunter, like, they can't really trade him this year. I mean, they could, but that dead money cap hit would be pretty sizable, so it doesn't really make... 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. That much sense? I think, you know, in terms of a long-term view, which overall this draft, you know, most of these guys aren't going to have a, a big year one impact. So it's more so with next year in mind and then seven years after that. But, um, you know, next year, Hunter Renfro's contract is, is out of guaranteed money and he's more tradable. And so I think that's more so where, um, Tucker may cause uh, him to have a change of locations, but this year it just doesn't seem all that realistic to trade him given the dead money cap is. Yeah, I think it would depend on what they got back in terms of the trade offer. Maybe it happens closer to the deadline, but they have a lot of cap space. There's not a lot of players out there who can demand a lot of money, so I think that could take the hit if the, the trade back was worth it. But I just don't know if he's um, been a great fit with McDaniels. I'm not sure he's totally happy with um how things are, I think he and, and, and Carr and Waller were kind of in the same boat as being guys who, you know, they gave extensions to to kind of see how they were, you know, how they would fit in. And I'm not sure it's been great so far. I think both sides probably would agree they haven't gotten what they wanted out of those three guys, and, and two of them are gone. That's just my read. But uh, you're right. I mean, they could definitely keep both guys this year and use both. But I think when you draft Tucker that high, to me, it speaks to uh, also the, the run for his future. All right, let's take a look now at the day three picks. Um, two fourth-rounders, Ja'Cory and Bennett, the the cornerback, and then they got their developmental quarterback of the future, Aiden O'Connell, out of Purdue. Um, you know, they, they had chances, as we talked about earlier, to, to target cornerbacks earlier in the draft. Um, they waited until the fourth round. Uh, Tashawn went to town, went, went went off on the Raiders last night. Why have they not drafted a quarter a cornerback? And, uh, and they made sure they took care of you. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very confused, very confused at what they were doing there, considering what the depth chart looks like. But um, you know, Bennett, he's, he's one of the fa- fastest players in the draft. Ran a four three flat, forty yard dash. He's also, you know, outside of just being straight line speed. I mean, he had a a forty and a half inch vertical leap, I believe. Uh, you know, so he's a guy that can get up there, and he's made a ton of plays on the ball. Um, he's a smaller guy. He's basically my size. He's he's five ten around. 190 or so. Um, and so I, I think, you know, there's a reason to have concern about that. But between them still having a Meek Robertson around and, and signing Duke Shelley, it's, it's clear that they're okay. Um, you know, with guys. Wait, wait, you know, maybe you not weigh 190? I don't. I'm saying. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if he weighs 190 either. It might have been a little, little combine, uh, combine water weight there. But anyway. Um, yeah, as long as you have that, that exceptional athleticism and speed and, and you're physical and you make plays on the ball, they're, they're willing to make some exceptions in terms of size. Uh, you know, he's got a head starter upside for sure. I don't know if, if he cracks that, that level this season, but, I mean, as weak as the cornerback depth chart is, like it's, it's not unthinkable um, that he could potentially um, work his way into the rotation by the time training camp is over. In college, you made plays on the ball, which is what this defense needs. They didn't have a lot of guys who were that good at that last year. As Caesar said many times, they wanted to get guys who were more disruptive both up front and in the back of the defense. So I think he fits that, that, that qualification. So I like his upside. I think, you know, obviously the size concerns you. But at that point in the fourth round, all the guys who are really going to impact cornerbacks are gone. So you need guys who are kind of more of a, a project type. And I think he's a good project type. I, I like the pick. I think it's uh, – any guy, tell me you have guys with speed who actually can make plays on the ball. Uh, it's a rare combo. 
What about O'Connell? Um, bringing him in, Ted. Had you studied him much at all? Obviously, we talked about the higher end quarterbacks, and uh, you know, I think we were all on the same page. We didn't expect they were going to go that route. But had you looked at O'Connell at all? And, and what do you think about his fit in McDaniel's offense? Yeah, no, I haven't really studied O'Connell much. Um, he was not oh, high man, on the list of quarterbacks. Oh, man. What the hell are you doing, man? But I, I did see that uh, people were comping him to uh, the guy, the police officer from Super Troopers. Uh, but what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I saw the Tom Brady comp. I didn't see that guy. <laughs> oh, uh, but I mean, he, he, you I need mean, to be reading the, the comps that Ted that Ted has. Apparently, he's got better comps. <laughs> My comps are boring. Uh, but I mean, he, it did look like he had a, from just, I just looked up his raw numbers and just, he looked like he had a lot better season, uh, the previous season, but I haven't really watched him. So I'll, I'll get a full take on him after I get to watch a few games. It seems like there are like 10 guys in this draft. Everyone kind of grouped together, 10 quarterbacks. If you look at the middle of the fourth round when Jake Hayner went, at that point, it was like 10 guys who went at the end of the fourth round and the start of the fifth round. But I think, I asked Dave about this. I think definitely was kind of a group thinking that. Well, like, you know what? As soon as one of these guys goes, we got to get a quarterback. It's all going to go in a hurry. And Dave said this much that they, at that point, they said, okay, let's get aggressive and get, let's get someone, let's get O'Connell. I think there's, I think there's a fifth guy taking that little, in that little run. But I think it's a guy, all these guys are projects. They're all in that range where they all have warts, but they all have some things that some guys like and some don't. I think for McDaniels, he likes, you know, O'Connell's ability to process defenses and he's accurate. Um, I saw one scout said he moves like a tree, which is not good. But um, again, there are drawbacks to all these guys, and I think for a guy you can develop, and maybe he could be you know, a long-term backup, or if he really breaks the ceiling, can be a starter. That's great. But I get why he's a guy you would take at the end of the fourth round. Yeah, right. I mean he's a backup, I think. But <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine for him. Yeah. Um, all right. The, the the last three guys they grab. Um, they uh they stole a guy that the Eagles were probably targeting in uh, Georgia safety Christopher Smith. Um, you know uh, a guy that I, I think Vic you, you said you 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 like this pick. Um, I mean hey you, you still anybody off that Georgia defense? Uh, he, he's probably going to have some ability to play for you. Yeah, it seemed like he was a leader on that team that won back to back titles. You watched the highlights, he made some plays again. That defense is so good. I'm sure it's easier to make plays in that team than it is in other defenses, which is hard to hold against the guy, but. All he can do is make plays and have a chance to do it, and he did that. He definitely is physical and he's a little undersized, but he kind of uh, makes plays despite that. He seems like he has a good head and the shoulders, I think. Is he going to compare him to Deron Harmon as far as his instincts go and his ability to process things and make him make a move on the ball? So those are all positives. And like I said, I think it looks like he was a leader on that Georgia team, which definitely uh, speaks well for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy he's, that, you know, when you watch the film, uh, he, he makes a, t- a bunch of plays, really rangy. Um, can play multiple spots, but you know you, he's a guy that you just have to kind of ignore the measurables with, and you just hope that the film translates from um, college to, or some of that playmaking ability translates from college to the NFL because he is undersized. Uh, you know he ran a four six forty, so it, his athleticism doesn't jump off uh, jump off tape. But um, he he mastered you know he you could tell he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he knows this Georgia defense really well which uh, could be more complicated in some NFL systems so uh, smart guy instinctive uh, but measurables just aren't really great. He's got to play both free safety and nickelback at, at Georgia so he has some versatility and 
you know, he's another guy that Dane Brugler, he wrote he had starter upside, you know, like, like you said, though, it's just about the size, you know, can he hold up on an every down basis? But, you know, I mean, Trayvon Morgan is coming off a, a pretty rough season last year. Um, he's just starting free safety right now next to Marcus Epps. And, you know, if, if Merrick doesn't show some improvement, you know, maybe maybe Smith is a guy that could, could push him a little bit. Um, you know, obviously Merrick has a size advantage, but he's had issues with missed tackles his first couple of years. And so um, Smith is a pretty sure tackler. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can his body, you know, w- withstand things. And, and I guess, you know, also we can't rule out, um, you know, the, the potential for him to gain a little weight and, and get bigger and stronger um, as well. You know, there are examples of pretty good 5'10 safeties in the league is more so about his weight. If you want to like, kind can, of can make any sweeping generalization about what they did here on day three, you know, they, they took care of really every level of defense, at least adding somebody in there. The last two picks, Florida linebacker Amari Bernie and then uh, Arizona State defensive tackle nested Jade Silvera. Um, you know, sixth and seventh round picks, those are the type of guys that are going to have to come in and, and earn a spot and see what they can do. But um, at least they're bringing in guys um, at every level of the defense, just, you know, to, ha- to have new bodies in there to, you know, some fresh blood to kind of push for some playing time, per- push for a role and, and see what they can do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more so about, you know, depth um, across the board. Um, I would have liked to see them, like I said, address cornerback a little bit earlier, probably even linebacker a little bit earlier, but um you know, they, they added bodies, I guess, is the, the main takeaway. Like, how good they are, we'll see. You know, so I don't want to judge the guys too quickly. Like, you know, we haven't seen them practice a snap. And so, I don't know. Like, these guys could have been okay in college and end up being great in the NFL. But, um, you know, in, in terms of the priority, I believe they had six defensive players overall compared to just three defensive players. Um, you know, the focus, I think, is where it should have been. It's just a matter of, you know, did they take the right guys? Yeah, I think you had what, they had five picks in the first one on nine. I think going in, I thought ideally you could add three defensive starters and, and a young quarterback to kind of develop. They got the quarterback. I don't think they got three starters. I think uh, even Tyree Wilson probably won't start right away. And then he kind of gets dicey after that. So I think there wasn't um, the impact I would have liked to see as far as his picks go. But, uh, you know, they have some good traits. They all have upside. So I think it all depends on how they click with Patrick Graham. And he obviously coached a lot of these guys at the Senior Bowl, so I guess that's positive. But um, as far as the getting the three starters right away, it didn't really happen. So for me, it wasn't a total uh, you know, home run as, as a draft. Well, it kind of fits in the, the same message that they've been you know, preaching, that they're not really <laughs> focused on this year. You know, It's more right. towards building the future, and uh, they're not trying to fix everything this year so there's some developmental guy like Tyree Wilson maybe you know he'll be really ready to take an impact role the the, the following year so um yeah I, I think it, it they're following that that philosophy and what, what do you think about them not not adding an offensive lineman yeah I was surprised I mean obviously when you hear that they were in the running for Paris Johnson and they, they, they might have taken him seventh if he was there so to go from that to taking no one in the whole draft I thought it was a little surprising but you know I think you'll be kind of um it's hard to like to map out a draft at that point because you kind of like don't know who's going to be there and what you're going to do as far as trade. So I get where it goes by and you realize you don't have one and you're trying to get some guys and you know undrafted guys maybe on a free agent or so. But ideally, I think they would have added one. But you know these things never work out the way you really want them to. Ideally, so they'll adjust and then they ideally they got players who can who can make plays on, on defense and that's obviously a huge need for them. Yeah, they signed a couple of undrafted free agents, offensive linemen. Uh, Dalton Wagner, offensive tackle, Arkansas. He was a, 
a four-year starter at right tackle. They gave him a $225,000 in guarantees, which I think so far is the biggest amount of uh, guaranteed money any UDFA has gotten. So obviously they liked him a lot. And then um, McClendon Curtis, he's an offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. He, he spent most of his time starting at guard in college, but also logged some starts at left tackle last year. So maybe he could be like a swing, swing interior, exterior offensive lineman for them. And so they added a couple guys, um, you know, like obviously UDFAs have a smaller chance of making a roster, but you know, I mean, last year they had a seventh round pick in Thayer Mumford that we probably didn't expect to make the roster do so and, and play some pretty significant snaps. And so um, maybe, maybe one or both of those guys could end up helping them on the offensive line. All right, guys, we got any uh, final thoughts here on the draft before we get out of here and uh, and try to get some uh, some rest after uh, an exhausting draft weekend? Not really. The food was good, man. It fed us well. I had some salmon the first night. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. Eggs Benedict this morning for breakfast, so I was pretty happy with the food. I think that improves the, uh, the tone of my writing, maybe more positive than negative. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was not a horrible experience the last three days. We got to get the counter review from from Deshaun. How, how does Deshaun feel about the food? No, some some hits and misses for sure. Like you know, not everything. Wait, what do you have against running eggs? I saw right you there. had something yeah. against I mean, running, like, runny eggs. Yeah, I mean, like I like my I like my food like actually cooked. I guess it's like the takeaway. Um, oh but like there was some there was some good stuff in there. I got in trouble today because they like had some sushi out and I boxed it to like save for later. And I guess I wasn't supposed to eat it yet because it was only for the coaches. So I got a little it was, bit of it was nine o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. And yeah, I, didn't with the sushi, I, didn't so, I didn't eat it until noon. That's what I'm saying. But I kept it in my box. And I, I was like, oh, who's that guy? I'm like, I'm Tashawn Reed. I'm the, I'm the new linebacker in here, man. I can't get some sushi. So anyway. I, I like how I like how he sets that up by telling us how he likes his food cooked, and then he tells us he stole some sushi. That that doesn't make sense. Well, certain yeah, certain and then, things, and then he certain things sushi are meant to be. <laughs> if something is meant to be cooked, cook it. If it's not, leave it alone. That's that's my only thing. But anyway, uh, back to the back to the draft. I mean, you know, like I think we, in general, like you know, draft day grades, like they don't really matter. Like we don't know. Like I, I can think that Tyree Wilson is a great pick at number seven, but like. He, he could not pan out, you know? And so, like, I think the, the, the intention in terms of the positions they targeted was good. Um, I, I didn't, you know, agree with some of the picks, like Trey Tucker and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I, I think overall with their offseason, you know, when you add together the free agency and the way that they approach the draft, you know, as Ted said, I, I think it's pretty clear, like, they're they're not gunning for it this year. Like they're not going to be trying to lose. Like I'm not saying they're tanking or anything Caleb like that. Caleb Williams, baby. Caleb but, Williams. You know, they, they, oh, could, yeah. they could they could be bad enough to get Caleb Williams. Like I, I think they got worse. I think it's fair to say now that I think they got worse yeah. than they were last season. Um, and so that's probably not what Raiders fans really want to hear. But I mean, I don't really know how you can look at the roster and and put up much of an argument. I think it's a good thing that um, there wasn't early reaches that we've seen in the past five years, maybe longer, but um, yeah, they picked Tyree Wilson, which probably would have been the, the top uh, defensive lineman off the board if, if he was healthy. And I'm sure a lot of teams had him high regardless uh, of the injury, but there were definitely some teams that were scared off by the injury too. Um, and Michael Mayer is, you know, a high value pick uh, in, in the second round. So uh, we didn't have, we didn't have crazy reaches, and, and that's, a, that's a good step. Not, not until round three. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, okay, to re- it's, it's that, okay to reach when you get yeah, to round three. Yeah, it's fine. That's better. You're, right. you're turning in the right direction for sure. 
All right, everybody, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in for all of this week's draft coverage. Uh, we will have more in the coming days. Uh, Vic and Tashawn are going to take a look at what the depth chart looks like now that uh, we've added these uh, nine rookies onto the roster and, and some UDFAs and um, plenty more to come. Uh, check out The Athletic for all that. But uh, thank you to everybody who, uh, who checked out all of our draft coverage this week, and uh, we'll uh, start getting ready for OTAs in a few weeks. All right. Thank adios. You. Talk to you later. Kind of seems like he's a little too light in the ass to be a guard full time. Probably needs to be a center. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.